I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible! Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? Happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to the NFL Week 12 Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I am your host. Chris Raybon, and I am joined by one of the top rankers in the game, Sean Kerner. Sean, happy Thanksgiving. What's going on? Happy happy Thanksgiving. Um, I'm doing good. I had a good week, uh, won a few units, but I've been on a super cold streak for these primetime props. And I think there's people out there that just follow those. Please, please, I'm begging you, follow my other plays too, because <laughs> those have been crushing. I, unfortunately, I can't control which props I win. Uh, but, you know, overall, the big sample size, been crushing the past couple of weeks college football props i've got like 12 and 2 Ooh. the past couple of weeks so that's been fun to kind of mix that in um nfl is just not enough for me right now so uh but how'd you do uh pretty good week uh seven and four i i was like break even heading into the sunday night prime time and then i had uh, watson over receptions and mckinnon under reception so hit those nice. and then yesterday uh, Monday night had Kittle over because you have to take a tight end that is against, true. The, against the Cardinals. <laughs> so I uh, went three and zero on the prime time. So I'm like in the reverse of you, I guess. But oh, uh, on the prime time, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, good week, good week. Yeah, we won that uh, Jamal Williams prop. Ooh, yeah. So uh, not, we not even a sweat. One prop, one prop together this year. We've lost. That's it. Yeah, that that Williams prop wasn't even a sweat. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> he, run, he, he he ran seven routes. Yeah, Which is yeah. One more than I expected, but yeah, easy, easy win. I was gonna say I'm loving these uh, reception props lately. I feel like now that we have so much data, my model is like identifying mm. very strongly, you know, where to go with those reception props. So hopefully we can keep it up. But uh, let's we got uh, we'll go through each position, our top five. We're going to discuss the players we're high and low at, and of course we'll throw out a player prop for each position as well so let's jump into quarterback for your top five for week number 12 uh so i have josh allen patrick mahomes jalen hurts lamar jackson and geno smith i wrote down geno smith but i just updated projections a few minutes ago and justin herbert's there so geno fell to number six but i, I just have to just you know shout out geno smith for potentially making my top five this week <laughs> Oh man, you're already stealing my guys, but he, oh, he's no. actually he's not in my top five. I was gonna talk about I will talk about him. Oh in a same. Few, but uh my top five, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Tua Tonga Vailoa. I, I thought for sure you were gonna say Tua jumped in your top five. Oh. Going against this Houston defense, uh Miami coming off the bye. I, I don't think they're gonna offer much resistance. So uh yeah, have have Tua pretty comfortably in uh in, in the top five ahead of Herbert by about a point and a half and Herbert and Burrow by about a point and a half. Nice. Who are you high on? Well, <laughs> so I am thankful for always getting to go first on these. Um, I have Geno Smith as well, so I will let you go first this time. No, no, no. You could do it. I, 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 you know, it's a Thanksgiving. Right. I appreciate the giving nature, but I got to return right. that. You're up. All right. So Geno Smith, like I said, he is right there. Um, barely, you know, inside my top five, top six, but you know, he's thrown for 275 yards and two touchdowns and back-to-back games before the bye. And those were tougher matchups, you know, against the Cardinals and Buccaneers. Um, he's also rushed for 20 or more yards in five of the past six games. So he's been tapping into his rushing upside. Um, and this week, you know, he faces the Raiders defense that ranks dead last in DVO against the pass. So, 
you know, just my model is loving it. Plus, you know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were both pretty banged up heading into the bye. They were playing through injuries. But I think after coming out of the bye, they're going to be much closer to 100% fresh and ready to go. So, and we've seen Kenneth Walker being used more in the passing game. So all this just helps Geno Smith. Um, he just has a really high floor and ceiling combo this week. So yeah, he's he's definitely like a top five option for me this week. Yeah, that's well said. You know, Gino is popping in my motto as well. And he's the consensus to start the week is pretty low on him at 10th. You know, I I think he's going to break into that top 10 uh, sooner than later. But yeah, you mentioned a great matchup for him and uh, against that league worst Raider defense that, you know, they played the Broncos last week. It's going to be kind of a <laughs> shock to the system coming off the Broncos into a a much more formidable offense. And uh, another guy I'll mention is uh, Kenny Pickett is actually popping. He's kind of borderline top 15 for me. He's outside the top 25 in consensus. And, you know, against this Colts defense, I just think the Steelers are going to end up having to throw a lot. And we've seen that with Pickett in a bunch of these different spots, you know, just having to throw a ton. He can also give you some rushing upside. Uh, if they get behind, they'll be throwing the ball. And, you know, against this Colts run deep, the Steelers have been running with Najee these last couple of games, but I don't know if they're going to go hard with that in this spot because you just don't really want to run on this Colts D. So uh, Kenny Pickett could be sneaky and kind of like what's a ugly middle-tier week, I, I feel like, for uh, for quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, just keep uh, chucking it up to George Pickens. Yes. Oh, my God, he made an amazing catch. He's made so many amazing catches like along the sideline this year. It's crazy. So just love his upside and your boy, Pat Pat Firemuth went Mm -hmm. off. So yeah, just love the weapons. (laughs) Yep. Love the weapons uh, around pick. And he didn't really tap in his rushing up last week. He only ran for 14 yards. Um, But, you know, we've seen him for rush for over, you know, 30 yards uh, to the past three games. So yeah, just love his upside. Like you said, on kind of a shaky week for QBs. Um, But yeah, he's definitely like a mid range QB two for me. Oh wait! Before we before we get out of quarterback, you gotta. I, I gotta. So we were playing each other in fantasy. I believe. Oh, sh- that's right. I, and I, I had one guy. I thought I was, I was pretty much like kind of conceding the loss. All I had left, you were up. Yeah. And I had Jimmy Garoppolo, and he went nuts. And I was just laughing. Oh. And I feel like every time we start the week, you're like, "Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo's passing yards too high." And uh, yeah, you got the well, touchdowns this this time around. Yeah, it was right on his passing yards. Uh, he had 228. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, he definitely crushed it. Um, and I didn't realize we were playing each other until I saw I lost to you. Uh, but next time we got to have a wager going yes. into that. Uh, and I think I had, no, I'm not making excuses, but I think I had a bunch of people on a buy. You had oh, Tony yeah. Pollard, man. I, that's all you need. Like, I can't believe. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I man, I hope I'm not playing Tony Pollard <laughs> anywhere. And then I opened the app and the first I, one I see is you. I have that guy in every league. Uh, but unfortunately, I had a lot of guys on by this week in every league. Um, yeah, so I had Geno Smith on by, Leonard Fournette on a by, which doesn't matter, Godwin, <laughs> Tyreek Hill. Oh, and I have Cooper Cup on IR. So I know it was like shorthanded, but yeah, you kicked my ass. Ben Skoranek didn't do anything. Man, I, I if, if I had known we were playing <laughs> each other, I would have wagered something. Thank God I didn't. But congrats on the win. Uh, we are we are fighting for a playoff spot in that league too. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it looks ugly. Uh, but thank you. <laughs> Who are you low on before we get to the problem? Um, I I am low on Daniel Jones to start the week. He's my QB twenty one. Um, he faces the Cowboys this week, so you know that's a brutal matchup. They rank second in DVOA against the pass. Uh, he just lost his top target and Wondell Robinson for the season. So that's that's. Oh, I massive. thought Darius Slayton was hurt. Uh, yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, he's their he's his top target now. But I think yeah. I, I would imagine they're the favorites to land Odell Beckham now. They can they kind of have to at this point. Um, so in the meantime, you know, Jones is gonna struggle to clear 200 yards um week in and week out. Uh, so he's gonna have to lean on his rushing upside, which he did in week three against the Cowboys. You know, he ran for 79 yards, but they have done you know a pretty good job containing rushing QBs since then. You know, Jalen Hurts ran for 27 yards, Justin Field only ran for 60 yards when he faced them. So it's just a tough spot for him. And like I said, like until they get, you know, an Odell Beckham or some other help, um, it's just going to be the Darius Slayton show. Um, so that that really just hurts his upside and, you know, just his floor going forward. Um, so he's all the way down to QB 21 for me to start the week. 
Yeah, I mean, that Cowboys defense just unloaded on the Vikings <laughs> and this Giants O-line going through some things. It's just hard to imagine that offense consistently moving the ball, even if Jones is able to avoid pressure and avoid getting sacked. I am low on Trevor Lawrence. I have him QB 19. He is the consensus QB 13. And I think that's too high against this Baltimore defense that pretty much didn't allow a score for most of that game last week. I know it was the Panthers, but this Jaguar offense can kind of get into ruts uh, and it's a, it's up and down here. And it, it really hasn't been consistent for Trevor Lawrence. So I think this is going to be a tough spot. I know they're at home, but I just think this Baltimore defense, you know, got they got all those linebackers and started getting healthier. They can stop the run now. I think it's going to be tough for the Jags to move the ball. I don't see Lawrence with a ton of touchdown opportunities and it could just be a low scoring game overall. Not quite the same kind of matchup uh, as that Chiefs game where you looked at it and said, okay, you know, Trevor Lawrence probably going to get some garbage time production. I don't know about this one. Just watching this Raven team. It's kind of morphing back into that old school Raven team a little bit, play good defense. The offense is kind of touch and go, you know, slow paced, run the ball, You'll bleed the clock. Just not an ideal matchup that I want to be starting a fantasy quarterback in. Yeah, no, that's a great uh, call. And just the, this Ravens defense um, is, you know, pretty dominant right now, especially with Roquan Smith. Um, <laughs> just a lot of good playmakers. And, you know, they, they've done really good the past couple weeks. Granted, they only faced Baker Mayfield <laughs> uh, and Andy Dolan, but they slowed down Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, too. Um, so they're they're looking really good. They have an easy uh, schedule the rest of the way. So this is a Ra- Ravens defense where I agree. I think we definitely have to start downgrading quarterbacks, especially when they face them. All right. Uh, now time for the prop. Let's see. Who do I want to go? I think here? you uh, waxed me last week, right? I'm trying to remember. No, nah, it was one and one. Oh, uh, okay. I got the over on Fields, but I lost yeah. to Watson by like two yards, and uh, you won Dulce. Oh. What was the Watson prop? It was 46 40, and a half. I think it was 48 40. or 46 and a half. Yeah. And he got 48. Oh, damn. <clears throat> Don't I get a bonus point for a close prop like that? Uh, almost. <laughs> no, it has to be, yeah. It's got to be on the number. Like if, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So damn. almost, almost. All right. Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> Coming off that big game. Yeah. Uh, let's go passing yardage over under 228 and a half. Ooh. I'm I'm on the over there. <laughs> nice. I'm I'm sticking with the 235 range no matter what. Okay. Uh they are nine point favorites. So, you know, they they could get in a run heavy game script. But yeah, just all the weapons right now. Uh, I think he does have a pretty high floor. So give me the over. Yeah, I actually have it a little bit higher, but I know you like to go yeah, under, I, know. So <laughs> I have it around I have it around. I've been playing the long well. con here just for this week. <laughs> finally. But it but you you make a good point. Big favorites. They could, you know, get the run game going. The Saints run defense, for whatever reason, just is not that same run. De- I mean, injuries yeah. are probably part of the reason, but even when they were healthy, not the same run defense, not getting a lot of pressure. That just that whole defensive line has just been hasn't been there for the Saints this year. So yeah. uh interesting one. But uh yeah, he's I think he's my QB eleven this week. Nice. So definitely a guy that I think you want to consider starting big, big point total. So could get touchdowns, even if he doesn't get the yep. yardage. All right, let's jump to running back top five. Um, So I don't know why he's my number one, but I got Josh Jacobs number one right now. Um, Hunter, oh, uh, actually Derek Henry. Hunter Henry. In, yeah. Could you imagine? Uh, that uh, kind of week, that kind of morning. It's too, huh? it's too early. <laughs> uh, Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, and Jonathan Taylor. I have Derrick Henry, number one, Austin Eckler, number two, Jacobs, third, Kenneth Walker, fourth, and Taylor, fifth. Yeah, I don't know why I have Jacobs. Like, they made Zamir White inactive last week. Um, So, you know, I think he saw every single carry, right? Yeah, he and he was a monster. I mean, he got yeah, that. He's, <laughs> he, he caught that. Uh, no, like not even just his normal monster self on the run yeah. game. He was catching passes. He caught that clutch pass and almost scored to allow the Raiders to uh, send it to overtime. So I mean, he had a monster game. And yeah, they're, but... they're not really using anyone else except Abdullah here and there to 
Yeah, the running. last time I had him number one, he was facing the Texans. It was a little bit more obvious. You know, the Seahawks are a terrible defense. So yeah, it's just it's kind of an interesting week up top. So it's it's close, but I was shocked when I had number one, but I'm I'm sticking with it. Who are you high on? Um, so I, I haven't been able to look at ECR yet. So tell me if like I'm high on this guy, but Miles Sanders, I have him as my RB fifteen. Yep. RB twenty week consensus. Um, oh, okay, cool. Uh yeah, so he's he's coming off back to back duds. Uh, but you know, they had two tougher matchups against the commanders, Colts. Um, well, they did end up winning, um, you know, last week against the Colts. They, they were in a trailing game script for most of the game. Um, so that's just not ideal for Sanders, who he's not really involved in the receiving game. So he has a much better matchup this week against the Packers, where they should be able to kindly kind of build a lead here. And, you know, the Packers are a run funnel defense. So uh, I think Sanders is going to bounce back here with a big game. They, they probably have to go back to him, too. You know, they've struggled because they haven't been able to get him going. So uh, I view him as like a high-end running back, too, um, this week. Uh, and then I'm also high on Antonio Gibson uh, against the Falcons. Uh, he opens this week as my RB21. Uh, and, you know, he continues to dominate the passing downs with J.D. McKissick. I mean, that's no surprise. However, he did handle more of the, the rushing work last week as well. Um, he had 18 rushing trips to, to 15 of Brian Robinson. So... Um, you know, he also looked like he was about to break like a 15 to 20 yard touchdown um, towards the end of the game, but he he slid down to preserve the win. So he could have had an even bigger game. So this is just a great matchup where, you know, the, the commanders are four point uh, favorites, uh, the 10th highest team total. And Gibson looks like he's on his way to potentially being a workhorse back. So um, I'm super high on this weekend. Again, he's, he's more of a, you know, almost a mid range RB2 right now based on his underlying usage. Yeah, absolutely. I saw that he he kind of got more uh, of the work than Robinson. Both of them have been struggling from an efficiency perspective, but the volume is there. I mean, that's what that Washington team, it, you know, they that's what they want to do. They're going to try to run the football with those two guys. Uh, I am high on Kenneth Walker the third. First of all, he is a home favorite uh, against the Raiders, who are twenty second in. Run defense, DVOA. He should be well rested coming off the, you know, the bye, and I think he's going to get fed the ball here as he usually does. Coming off his first really bad down game against the Buccaneers, but he's finally started to do something in the passing game in that one. So it wasn't a total loss, and I just think, you know, he's RB eight in consensus. I think that's way too. I think he's a top five back this week. So. Going with my boy Kenneth Walker the third. Yeah, and he's still the favorite for rookie of the year, right? I know um yep. Christian Watson has made some noise, but uh yeah, he's still uh the favorite. Did you ever get money down on that? I remember that being like one of the, the best you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we talked about it because I it was like a post-hype kind of bet on uh on Kenneth Walker after everyone was down on him because of the uh what did he start the year on IR or something like that on the pup? Yeah, and he started as Rashad Penny's backup. So if and when Penny ever missed time, um, obviously he was going to pop. But yeah, Walker definitely, he was dealing with like an ankle injury, I think, to begin the year, right? Or Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. He missed like the first two, three games. Yep. 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 But ever since then, I mean, what a beast. Oh, absolutely. So uh, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Uh, Who you want? Uh, I've been high on Devin Singletary, the past two weeks but i'm low on him here um he's down to rb 24 i think um they're they're at detroit um and you know the the lions have actually been playing pretty good run defense of late you know they they slowed down the packers both you know aj Dillon and aaron jones last week they bottled up saquon barkley and this is just the game you know josh allen could just you know light a blowtorch to the secondary so I don't think they're going to need Singletary much this week. Give him sort of a breather on a short week, save him up for the playoffs. Um, Plus, you know, James Cook has been um, super involved in neutral game situations lately. So this could be a big James Cook week. Uh, Plus, at some point, we're going to see Naheem Hines kind of chip away at Singletary's receiving usage. Um, It hasn't happened yet, but I'm just a little bit lower on Singletary this week. Well, you know, I was super high on him the previous two. Um, He's he's more of a low-end RB2 for me this week. Um, and then I guess one other guy is just Damian Harris. Um, he actually ended up getting the start. He's finally fully healthy. He got the start. He had the entire first drive. And then after that, 
it was the Madre Stevenson show. So, you know, Harris had ended up having a good game, you know, had over 90 scrimmage yards. Uh, but this is not the week to trust Harris as, you know, an RB3. Um, you know, there, it could be a potential trailing game script against the Vikings. Um, and in that situation, you know, Stevenson's going to eat. But either way, it, it was a good showing for Harris, but I don't think we can trust him quite yet. He, he's going to need, you know, the, the Patriots to be a touchdown favorite or Stevenson to be out of the lineup for us to really trust him. So I'm just urging caution uh, with Damian Harris. So he's my RB35 to open up the week. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, he's uh I got him at RB40. So yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. He is, you know, it's really he's not gonna do a ton in the receiving game. So he's gotta break those efficient long chunk runs. And he can do that, but yeah, when you're talking about a guy who's gonna be second in terms of carries and not really doing a ton in the receiving game, uh on a week where there's no buys, it just kind of knocks knocks him down. Yep. Uh for me, I, Couple of the uh, the stud guys, I am lower than consensus on Saquon Barkley. I have him as RB eight this week. I think that's Whoa. the lowest <laughs> I've had him yet. But again, this Dallas defense. I know you know you rather run than throw on this Dallas defense, but I just don't see the Giants being able to score a ton of points here. And you know Barkley has been seeding some of his passing game work to Matt Breida as of late, ever since he injured that shoulder in week five, I believe it was his route participation rate has been trending downward and it's around 60% after it was around 75% in the first month of the season. So that's, that's got him projected for about 2.8 receptions for me, where earlier in the year we were projecting him for like four catches. And when you take a, a reception or reception and a half away, and you're talking about the giants, nearly double-digit underdogs on the road. They're just not a high touchdown probability, again, with just nobody on by. So they're they're just backs in a lot better spots, like a Kenneth Walker, home favorite against one of the worst defense in the league. His touchdown projection is just a lot high and higher. And so that's really what's yeah. kind of doing it with, uh, with Barkley, where he's out of my top five this week. And similar situation for Dalvin Cook. I know he's a home – he is at home against the Patriots, but they've actually shored up their run defense. They're playing a lot better uh, against the run, and this is expected to be a pretty low-scoring game. The total is only 42-and-a-half, and and that's kind of odd for a Vikings game. Usually Mm -hmm. the totals are a little bit higher, so uh, everyone kind of takes a hit in terms of the the touchdown projections. And, again, there's just a lot of choices this week. So, you know, a a game – an ugly game like this – not really feeling Cook as much as I would have been. Also, I think, uh, you know, the Vikings having some offensive line issues as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, low on Cook. And Cordell, another one is Cordell Patterson. He's outside my top 30. He's a consensus RB 25. Just want to fade him against this Washington run defense that ranks number two in DVOA. And Patterson's not going to return a kickoff for a touchdown every week. And they're still rotating in. You know, three backs at the minimum. Sometimes they even will go with four if if they want to get Avery Williams a, a couple of touches here and there. So, uh, you know, it's it's been really hard to kind of predict Patterson's usage. And if Atlanta doesn't kind of break right in terms of getting in close in the red zone and getting a goal line carry as opposed to maybe a, a little bit of a longer touchdown or, or not scoring touchdowns, 
uh, it'll be tough for Patterson to to hit his value because they're using him like more of a traditional early down grinder than that hybrid receiver uh, weapon they were using him early last year. Yeah, the the cook call is a good call, and it looks like uh, Christian Darisaw has already ruled out, which yeah, wasn't surprising. Yeah. So number one yeah, tackle that, by PFF. Yep, yep. Yep. So that's huge, and your Barkley call is definitely. A hot take. Do you think, though, with Wendell Robinson out, maybe we do see him get back to that three to four um, catch game? Like, how are you handling Wendell Robinson being out? Because he was he was a target hog in this offense. So I just think that, you know, Barkley might be one of the the pass catchers that benefits. Yeah, I mean, he absolutely could. But, you know, another reception or two is not going to completely change his value. I mean, you look at his. You know, he the fact that he couldn't get going again at home against Detroit last week, <laughs> I think is troubling. Yeah. Uh yeah, he put up the big game against Houston, but he had 35 carries and he only averaged 4.3 a carry against Houston. That's not even that great. And I just and wonder everybody has a big game against Houston. right. And I just wonder if the shoulder injury earlier in the year, then he gets 35 carries against Houston, uh, and you know, not super efficient, just kind of regular. I just wonder if it's all catching up to him because and now you're going on a short week, which is another reason, you know, for a guy who had 35 carries a week and a half ago and then just 15 for 22 uh, at home against what was on paper, one of the worst run defenses in the league. You know, I, I just worry a little bit about Saquon and he's already had 244 touches this season he hasn't had that many since uh 2019 which was his second year in the league and we're probably through 10 games here <laughs> so i mean this this guy is carrying a load and i just i just worry that it's catching up to him a little bit so on a full slate he's you know he's my rb8 instead of my rb you know yeah. one two or three yeah and the, uh, the giants have the fifth lowest team total which yeah. makes sense um so yeah his his touchdown odds go way down so yeah i could see it um yeah i guess i, I just probably gave him just a little bit you know, more receiving work is all, but respect, certainly makes more respect. <laughs> respect. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. So no, it just makes sense why you'd be a little bit lower on this week for sure. All right. What are we doing with the prop? Oh, we got to go Tony Pollard here. Total <laughs> rushing and re- receiving yards. Um, I mean, he, he is pushing RB one status, even when Zeke is hundred percent. Um, so let's see, I, I have an 83 and a half total scrimmage yards over under that. Ooh, that is a good line. I got 86. I'll go over. Uh, this guy is just a master of chunk plays. He, 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 he's like a better Travis Etienne. And Travis Etienne is great, but Howard is kind of that same type of back. Just he's never, he doesn't look super powerful, but he's always slithering out of tackles and he just covers ground so fast fast that you know we could be done with one drive and he could have 44 yards or something like that already so uh it, it's a very good line i got 86 uh, about 14 yeah. touches for him but uh i will go over at home uh, against the giants he just makes it look so effortless every time he's on the field and the giants yeah. run defense has been a bit oh, yeah. true true uh so i mean we've seen pollard in three games now without zeke and what is he averaging like 30 fantasy points or something yeah. like that it's a shame but at least we've seen you know even when zeke is back they can't go away from pollard at this point um you know i know jerry jones is paying zeke a shit ton of money but he does want to win so i think I, I think going forward we will see pollard potentially out touch um elliot which is just massive and that's why he i have him in like every league because he, he was going to put up RB2 value either way, I think. But just anytime Zeke misses time, he's – I call him a top five option. He's like a top two option. Yeah. Right? He, like, uh, he's so good. I'm I'm sure he made up for Melvin Gordon and Kareem Hunt. Like, it's just having Tony Pollard oh, yeah. completely makes up for – because, like, you would think – like, That's, he was kind of in that group where it was like, all right, these high upside backups. And it's not been a good year for some of those guys. You know, Hunt, Gordon, Gillen even has kind of been – Eh, yeah, I was know, gonna but, say Dylan was the guy. Yeah, Pollard has but, just kind of made up for all of it. That's why you take a lot of swings at these types yep. of guys. They don't all hit, but when they do, you know, they're they're league winners. And uh yeah, I, to your point, I believe it was reported that Dallas is gonna give them a more even touch split going forward. And Romo made a good point on the telecast against the Vikings. He was like, you know, if you're running Zeke inside and he's playing physically, obviously he's not 
super explosive or as explosive as he once was, but you're playing physical with him and the defense has to kind of guard one guy. And then, and then you take power and you just, you know, let him do, do what he does. Like it could be just as explosive, you know, and, and kind of work, you know, it's still, you, it's just a very good offense when you have a guy like that. Um, so I think Zeke being back actually helps him because, you know, then powered, he can go to the sideline after like two 20 yard runs in a row, which he breaks quite <laughs> yeah. often. And then come back when the defense has just, you know, had Zeke hit him in the mouth a couple of times. So uh, I like the situation there. Cause I think Dallas with just the offense in general and the defense they have, going to be able to control the ball. So going to be a lot of uh, running back snaps to go around. All right. Uh, let's jump to wide receiver. Top five. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, got Tyreek, Stephon Diggs, Adams, Jefferson, and my number five is Amon Ra St. Brown. Nice. I, I just think that is going to be – uh, one of those kind of shootout games that Detroit gets into. I mean, look at look at Cleveland, you know, indoors in that stadium. Yeah. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett, and who I was actually high on, uh, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. But you know, for that exact reason, this Buffalo zone defense—they're going to put up points on one side, and then they, of course, they got good players, but they've been every week they're missing one, two, three, four guys uh, on that defense, whether it's Edmonds or Poyer. Or, uh Rousseau so you know they're gonna give up production even if it's just in garbage time but Amon Ra's been doing his thing regardless just keeps putting up these you know seven eight catch games uh, and he'll he'll get back in the end zone sooner or later too yeah no I, I love that Jamison Williams looks like he's nearing a return I can't wait to see him on the field as well he might open things up even more for Amon Ra um underneath so that that's going to be an exciting wide receiver duo going forward yeah, this guy's been running routes next to Khalif Raymond, <laughs> Tom Kennedy, and Stanley Berryhill. Yeah, like and Brock Wright. Uh, right, yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, man, um, who are you high on? Uh, I'm high on Tyler Boyd. Um, you know, I think he's a low end wide receiver too this week. Um, he's coming off a pretty disappointing two catch for forty two yard game. Um, at the the Titans are first in DBO against the run and. The Bengals could be without Joe Mixon. So this this is really a pass-funnel defense. Um, and they're 32nd DBOA against number two wide receivers. So um, I'm guessing Jamar Chase will need at least one more week to return. Um, I'm kind of assuming that when I'm projecting the Bengals right now. Uh, plus, you know, the Titans secondary is banged up. Uh, Fulton and Elijah Moulton are both questionable this week. So this could be a blow-up spot for Boyd. Um, and then he'll be back into, you know, fringe wide receiver three, wide receiver four territory once chase returns but i think we're gonna get one more big week out of him here um and then uh gotta go with gabe davis here uh last week i was down on him i apologize for that again that was weather concerned you know <laughs> project yeah once it went moved to detroit you know i'm back on the gabe train but this week we know it's in detroit um so this isn't just an eruption spot for him against the lions defense that has allowed the most receptions 20 plus yards downfield. So that's Gabe Davis's sweet spot. Um, again, you know, the Lions have been pretty solid against the run lately. So I just think this is the matchup. You know, Josh Allen just goes off, um, specifically Gabe Davis. So um, he's all the way up to wide receiver 12 for me. Um, I know I predicted a uh, Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis both being in the top five uh, week. We're not quite yet there, but uh, we're getting there. Yeah, man. Davis has been a little bit inconsistent this year. Struggled with some drops. Just hasn't made, at least since early in the year, as many of those wow plays uh, as you would expect. So hopefully he gets back uh, gets back to it in this one. Uh, I am high on DK Metcalf. Uh, he is the consensus wide receiver 21. Uh, he's my wide receiver 13. Vegas is dead last in DVOA against the pass. They're below average against number one wide receivers. Uh, and they tend to play man coverage uh, more than most defenses. They're seventh in man coverage rate. And DK averages 2.9 yards per route against man coverage. That leads the Seahawks and it's 12th uh, league-wide among wide receivers. So I just think it's a good matchup for pretty much everyone on the Seahawks team. I mean, Walker yeah. on the ground, Geno through the air. Uh, but, yeah, got to mention Metcalf, uh, even on a packed slate, I think he deserves to be a top 15 uh, wide receiver this week. I'm 13th. All right. Who are you low on? 
Um, oh, man, I hate to say it, but uh, Christian Watson, uh, I have met wide receiver 40 uh, in the week. Yeah, I know, right? This is scary. Um, and I do, I view him as a, a solid wide receiver three with upside the rest of the season, but we have to consider the matchup this week. So he does get a slight downgrade. Um, I mean, he typically lines up on the outside. So against the Eagles, he's likely going to face off against Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Um, and we can't bank on touchdowns every week um, with him. I think the Eagles will take note of that when they get in the red zone, uh, make sure that they have somebody on Watson. So um, plus, you know, the Packers will probably take advantage of the Eagles run uh, funnel defense here. So this is just, you know, week to be cautious with him. You know, I, I'm still starting him if he's your best, you know, he's in your top three receivers, but um, th- there could be better options out there is all I'm saying. So um, he's just slightly lower than ECR to begin the week at wide receiver 40. Um, and then a guy I'm more confidently down on is Curtis Samuel um, at wide receiver 41 against the Falcons. And he was, you know, a mainstay in my top 20 just a couple of weeks ago, but um, he has seen his target share plummet down to 12% per route run the past four games. Uh, plus, you know, Jahan Dotson is back to his full-time role. And while he hasn't really been commanding many targets, um, it, it's certainly lowering Samuel's weekly floor ceiling combo. Uh, you know, Curtis Samuel is able to bail his fancy managers out last week with the rushing score. But again, we can't just bank on touchdowns every week. So um, he's back in that wide receiver four territory, especially with no teams on a bye this week. Um, he is way down my wide receiver rankings at wide receiver 41 this week. Yeah, I have him 37, so I am lower than consensus as well. Um, you know, his his route participation is going down. He's, he's being used as a, you know, a running back at kind of their third running back at times, but it's kind of like the, the Cordell Patterson situation. It's just if you're getting a couple of carries here and there, but you're not getting that many catches anymore, like now you're in this weird, you know, lane. Like you're not Debo Samuel, so. Right. Uh, <laughs> it, it's tough, but yeah, I'm lower as well. Uh, on uh, lower than him, lower than consensus on him. Excuse me. I, I am uh, anyone else or no? That's it. Those two. Where okay. do you have um Christian Watson ranked right now? Just curious. I have Watson wide receiver thirty. So oh, okay. So in line. line. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I still have him for about four catches for fifty. You know, kind of the the normal stuff. I. You know, it's it's tough with this Philly defense to kind of project individual receivers because you know last week for example i thought hey okay michael Pittman may struggle a little bit but you know, it's just, they still there's yeah. still a zone defense so you could get those crossers things like that and you know do things to kind of get away from the two perimeter cornerbacks so uh you know i'm sure aaron Rodgers is savvy that i wouldn't be overly worried about watson I, his route participation did drop from 90 to 78 but i still expect him to kind of be in that you know like 75 to 90 range that you know that yeah. wide receiver two range so yeah i i think i, I i'm gonna bet you'll have him a little higher but <laughs> well yeah possibly and yeah starting next week i mean he's probably going to be inside my top 25 it's just one of those things we do have to at least factor in the matchup and this week yeah you know it's not a good one and i i, I really do think they're gonna lean on the run i mean kind of what they did um, you know, against like the Bills that game, uh, we could see something like that. So it's just I'm projecting Aaron Rodgers specifically to not throw for many yards, um, and that's just hurting all the pass catchers, specifically Watson. So that's that's all I'm saying. Just worry about the matchup a little bit. Yep, uh, I I'm low on DJ Moore. I have him wide receiver 39. He's a consensus wide receiver 35, and uh, you know, talk about a tough matchup you know this I know Sertan got lit up by Devontae Adams but Devontae Adams has been the only the only guy that can do that I mean I yeah. I was on the Raiders in that game uh specifically because the Raiders were pretty much the only offense all year that gave the Broncos defense trouble and they did it yet again but now you got more you don't even we don't even know who the quarterback's gonna be first <laughs> right second Dan of all Arnold. Right. Second of all, Terrace Marshall is actually coming on and Mm -hmm. he gets less attention. So a lot of times the Panthers offense is going to be concentrated around those two perimeter guys for the most part. And they'll try to work in Visco or or Shai Smith. But 
uh, a lot of times Marshall, it's kind of like the, the Donovan Peoples-Jones situation a little bit, except with more not balling out like Cooper. But, you know, if, if you got a, a stud uh, on the other side of you, a lot of times, you know, the, the quarterback ends up going to, to the guy that's drawing less attention. So I think more is just going to be the focal point of that game plan for Denver. And, you know, they should get a little bit healthier. They were just – they've been injury ravaged for, for a while now. So, um, you know, do not do not like DJ Moore. And just one, another one of those games where it, the total is 35 and a half, which I don't remember the last high. time. When is the last time we've seen a total open – under 36, like in the um, thousands. So the Bills Patriots game. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Wendy, but I think it was like 39 and a half or something. Obviously, yeah, it should have yeah. been. Um, the Kendall Hinton game, I think that was pretty low. That opened a little higher, I think, and then it ended up dropping, though. I feel like that was just in the normal. I don't know if that was like a 36 to start. Like, this was like a 35 to start. That's Well, yeah, I mean, but yeah, once we a, knew that Kendall Hinton would be yeah. starting, I think it was around 36. But, yeah, either way, this is definitely one of the lowest totals we've seen, um, non-weather related anyway. Um, and I still think it might be a little bit too high. Yeah, I can't. I mean, <laughs> Denver, you know what they're going to do. They're going to score 13 to 16 points. Yep. <laughs> and Carolina, I didn't see Carolina on red zone for the full three hours last week because they did not a thing on offense. So it uh, looks like PJ Walker still got the ankle. I feel like, you know, as crazy as it sounds, he's probably their best bet to run an efficient offense. I mean, you know, yes, he's going to make mistakes and he's, you know, but he, he gives them some upside. Whereas it's just, they're just kind of, you know, running in place with, with Mayfield, yeah. and I can't imagine it would be significantly better with Darnold. I mean, May, yeah, yeah, it's a hot start that first year with Carolina, but yeah, I, I you know, yeah, we don't know what's going on with him. So, uh, and there could be some, there could, oh, there's some wind. There's not for a second, I thought mm. there was some rain in the forecast, but it, it is some, uh, it is some wind. There's potential rain in the Bucks Browns game and the Jets Bears game. So, yeah. Uh, all, all we need is Bill Venovich to be the ref for this game as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one more I'll mention, you you mentioned Samuel, who I am low on as well, but I'm also mm -hmm. low on Jahan Dotson. Uh, he's, I guess, because, you know, high upside rookie started the year well uh, with those touchdowns. He mm -hmm. is landing at wide receiver 46 in consensus. And I, I have a projected for about 88% of the routes as the number two wide receiver. And he's still projecting as my wide receiver 66 because <laughs> the guy just hasn't been drawing targets consistently. His target per route rate is just 11%. And that is not going to cut it. He's, he was basically relying solely on touchdowns yep. and, you know, he could get one. Sure. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, rookies as the year progresses, but there's nothing to say I'm ranking him a, a, a above, you know, like, a, like another handful of 10, 15 guys that uh, are just going to be, are, are just targeted a lot more and have the same kind of opportunities. I mean, this guy has caught more than three passes in a game only once. He started the year with two touchdown catches on three total receptions in week one, and then another touchdown catch on four receptions yeah. in week two. So three, uh, three touchdowns on seven catches in the first two weeks. And then since then he's only, he's played four games and he's only had seven catches total. Uh, and one of them have been touchdowns. And even that, that's kind of you know, outplaying his coverage in terms of, you know, that, that should regress. So I think his, he's got a lot of touchdown regression and he hasn't shown that he's going to be a guy who can catch, you know, four or five, six balls, like a, like an Olave or somebody like that. Right. And this Washington team, I don't think they have interest and really playing that kind of offense, especially when it's not Terry. So, uh, yeah, low on Jahan. What was his uh, ECR? ECR is wide receiver 46. Oh, yeah. No, I'm right there with you with wide receiver 65. Yep. Um, it's got to just be the touchdown regression. You know, I'm projecting him for two and a half catches for 33 yards um, and sort of a normal touchdown, right? Yeah, you get wide receiver 65. So I think people are just probably just overweighting uh, the first four weeks when, like you said, he was scoring touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see. We got the receiver prop. All right. So, yeah. So Josh Palmer had the big game. Uh, I think you and I both called. We liked oh, yeah. his uh, first <laughs> touchdown prop on convince me. 
So, you know, looks like Mike Williams got banged up again, but are a little healthier here. You might get Everett back. You have Keenan Allen. So I think you know, people, he's going to kind of be on that wide receiver two borderline, two, you know, two, three, you know, just outside the top 25 in a lot of people's rankings. And people are going to wonder whether they should roll with him or maybe somebody like a Christian Watson. So let's go with his receiving yardage. And I will go with 57 and a half. Over. All right. Uh, that's a damn good line. I, I, I said it like 59 and a half in my head. Uh-huh. Uh, but He's my guy. I, I got to roll with him. Um, and I, I think it's not official, right? But Mike Williams is probably going to miss this week. Yeah, I haven't projected um, out. So. Yeah, same here. And then Gerald Everett is definitely iffy. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm projecting Everett in. So I just think that, you know, Palmer can only go up um, in my projection. So that that's why I'm leaning uh, with him over. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's fun to see Palmer still in that, you know, top 30, even with, you know, guys yeah. trying to come get healthy for the uh, the Chargers. But, yeah, he's my wide receiver, 28. Uh, I have him around 55 yards, so I am probably a little bit lower mm. than you, but um, still makes a, a top uh, top 30 play for me. All right, let's go to tight end. Close it out here. Who are your top five at the tight end position? Uh, so I got Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Pat Firemuth, TJ Hawkinson, and Tyler Higby, assuming Stafford starts. I don't think Stafford's starting. Honestly. Okay, well then. He's uh, he's in um, protocol second week and second time. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I I was being cautious with that. So Greg Dulcich, number five for me. I have Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Firemuth, Kittle. Uh, I know Kittle has a tough matchup, yeah. but – um he's still like it's it's an ugly tight end week even with no buys <laughs> so i just go with the talented guy with yeah. the upside uh but it, it is a tough matchup but i mean how how great was it for him to, to come through it against the cardinals like it's just one of those things that you can just predict based <laughs> on like the, yeah. the, what like what's on paper and it worked out exactly like that yep yeah and he's fan favorite um in that area so that love seeing him go off there and yeah just attack the Cardinals when it comes to tight ends. All right. Uh, who are you on? Uh, I'm high on Dawson Knox to yes. begin the week. He's my tight end eight. They face the Lions this weekend. You know, he's coming off a season high and routes run rate at 83%. Also saw a season high with seven targets. He's actually seen his target rate go up in five straight games. Um, and the Bills have been using a lot more 12 personnel yep. lately. So instead of having Isaiah McKenzie out there running route, it's backup tight end. Quentin Morris, uh, who is, a, I don't need to tell you this, but he's a low target kind of guy. Um, so that just helps concentrate more targets to Stefan Diggs, to Gabe Davis, to Dawson Knox. So he's just really popping on my model right here. So uh, yeah, he opens the week as a tight end eight and obviously has massive touchdown upside as well. I love that. Uh, he actually opened up as my tight end five. Uh, oh, I, I kind yeah. of flipped him with Kittle, so <laughs> <laughs> like I could, I might very well yeah. have Dawson Knox as my tight end five because it's one of those weeks where I think he just kind of got to go a little bit unorthodox. There is, mm-hmm. you know, after that top four, you know, Kittle's got the tough matchup. Higby's got the the quarterback issues. Uh, you know, Foster Moreau's been up and down. Schultz is kind mm-hmm. of splitting work with a lot of uh, guys, and you know, there's, there's just a lot. There's not much to hang your hat on Dulcich. They don't. So the thing with Dulcich is I thought about this. I was like, all right, Dulcich, that he, he's a guy that kind of makes sense. And I was like, wait a minute, the Broncos don't score touchdowns. Like you can literally they bank don't? on the bunk, the Broncos <laughs> scoring one touchdown yeah. per game. And Dulcich, remember that, that big play he had where it was like a, a busted coverage or something. Yeah. In week one. He has not seen a red zone target since that, since then. So he hasn't like he hasn't really had a scoring opportunity outside of that that coverage bust uh, in the first game he played. So I it's that's that's the only reason why yeah. um, you know I because I, I I thought about that too, but I like the, the call on Knox. I think that's the right move because you're looking at, you're talking about a Detroit team that's projected to score what thirty points indoors. So in a tough week like this, I think you know just go with the guy who could get some of that touchdown equity. All right. Uh, I, I'm high on Knox as well, as you could tell. Uh, Foster Moreau is another one. I know he's kind of been inconsistent, but Seattle is 29th in DVOA against tight ends. They're giving up the second most schedule adjusted 
yards per game to the position at 70 and the third most schedule adjusted targets per game to tight ends at eight. And Seattle is 22nd in pressure rate. So Moreau is chipping a lot against Denver, mm-hmm. you know, Baron Browning and, and just, you know, you don't want to let that Denver defense get to Derek Carr because that that could have really ruined the game. I don't think they have to play it the same way. And Moreau's route participation has been vastly different depending on if he's had to chip or not. He's essentially been the only tight end that gets snaps, but it went 68% in his first start. Then three straight where he didn't really have any blocking responsibilities, 95%, 87%, 95% in weeks nine, uh, eight through 10. And then last week it was down to 61%, but he's still the only tight end seeing snaps going against a great matchup in a game where I expect the Vegas defense to give up some points. So you, you're going to have to have Derek Carr probably throwing a ball uh, maybe underneath in some of those zones to, 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 to get some points on the board or come back late in the game. So uh, like Moreau this week, even though he has been uh, inconsistent. Yeah, no, I love that call. And I, I did notice his routes run dipped down to 61%, but like you said, they, they don't have anybody else. And not only is he benefiting from Waller being out, but also Hunter Renfro. So mm-hmm. it's really just, you know, Devonte Adams and, you know, maybe Seattle double teams him, puts more resources on him and that'll just open things up even more for Moreau. So yeah, I love that call. He's, he's definitely like a low end tight end one option for me this week. Yeah. He is my tight end eight. He's consensus. Nice. Uh, I think tight end 13 yet. Mm. So yeah, I have him in the top 10 uh, in what's a pretty ugly week for tight ends outside that top four. Who are you low on? Uh, so I'm low on Cole Komet again this week at tight end 17 um, against the Jets. Uh, I still just view him as a touchdown dependent tight end too. Um, and, you know, he caught three balls for 35 yards, but didn't score. So, um, you know, there were better options out there. And we're, we're just not certain that Justin Fields will even play this week. So, you know, Trevor Simeon may elevate, you know, Komet's uh, projected receptions, yards. But, you know, there's going to be lower touchdown odds for the bears with Simeon under center. So uh, plus Chase Claypool, you know, he, he saw his playing time increase quite a bit. Um, I think it, he topped 50% routes run. Uh, his target rate was low, but you know, he's going to become a bigger part of this offense very soon. Um, plus we're seeing David Montgomery running more routes. He he sees, you know, more targets per route than a Khalil Herbert. So just, there's all these factors sort of going against Komet when he doesn't score a touchdown. So again, He's just a, you know, a touchdown dependent tight end too. Uh, I know a lot of people have been treating him like a tight end one, but, uh, you know, just according to my projections, um, it just doesn't like him uh, enough right now. But again, we'll have to wait and see what the quarterback situation looks like this week. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So I have Fields projected as out. I mean, he's oh yeah, he's got a dislocated yeah. shoulder and they're talking about it could be a season ender or he could play. So I'm I'm guessing they're just not trying to – it's gamesmanship, I'm, I'm guessing. You know, I, yeah. I don't see – I don't see this guy playing and there's no reason to risk it anyway, like dislocated shoulder. You're not really chasing a playoff spot or anything like that. So why would you play them this week? Maybe, you know, maybe let him heal up a little bit, but uh, I, I see no reason for him to play, but with Trevor Simeon in, even with lowering the, you know, projected score, obviously I, I, it actually helps commit because all of those run plays and scrambles and all those things. So now the Chicago bears could get like a normal, you know, 32 to 35 pass attempt kind of game. So it actually, he's my tight end 11 with Simeon Mm. in. Uh, So that that is interesting with fields. I think he would actually be lower just because you have a lot less completions. You have a lot less yards and you're more likely to see rushing touchdowns than, than passing. So, yeah, I, how I many mean, uh, passing yards are you projecting for Simeon? <laughs> oh, let's see, low two hundreds. Uh, whoa, wow, it's even lower than I thought. One ninety two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think um, for Komet to get inside um, my top twelve, uh, I would have to project the Bears to throw for over two hundred twenty yards. Um, so that that seems to be the line for me. But yeah, I take your point. And again, right now I'm projecting Fields in, so I guess that's my. Um, fault for that but yeah like I, I think Simeon will help the yardage go up but I, I do think you know the touchdown odds will be significantly lower 
I'm low. I already mentioned Dulcich. Uh, you know, I have him tight in 10 mm-hmm. for, for what I talked about. Denver has scored a, a league low 13 touchdowns this season, and he he hasn't seen a red zone target since his first game. So, you know, if he catches five balls for 40 yards or something like that and no touchdowns, I mean, is that really, you know, he'd have to, he'd have to essentially put up, you know, close to like 80, 90 yards. And uh, this Denver team in a game with a total of 35, I don't see them, you know, this is not the Raiders this week. Like last week, everyone's like, oh, Russell Wilson looks a lot better. They're facing the number 32 defense against yeah. the pass. Of course he looks better. And they still got one touchdown. So, you know, it's 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 tough. And uh, another guy is Tyler Conklin. And this is more due to inconsistency. He is my tight end 21. He's a tight end 15 consensus. And I get it. It's kind of a ugly week you know yeah Conklin has had some good games but in his last six games he's had 22 or fewer yards five times he had that one big game against the Patriots where he scored two touchdowns he had double digit targets but Duggar was out I believe in that game so he was going up against their like third string safety and they just relentlessly kept going back to him uh, and then he got this gar- the, the, another touchdown. I think it was in the garbage time drive. So mm. uh, that's really his only good game after Zach Wilson's first start against Pittsburgh. He has not had a good game with Zach Wilson. So, you know, maybe the Jets switch it up and go with a different quarterback. But, you know, he don't, I don't think he's going to have – if it's Mike White, because I don't know if they would go back to Flacco. So if it's White, I, I you know, he doesn't have chemistry with White. So kind of the same deal here. Just can't – there's no consistency to, to hang your hat on. And the Bears are top five and fewest schedule adjusted receiving yards per game. The tight ends at just 36. So that has not uh that defense hasn't been good, but the tight end position is one that hasn't burned them. So uh low on Conklin. Yeah, that's I was gonna ask because um I mean it, it does look like we could see a QB change this yep. week. So if it were Mike White, I think Joe Flacco would be the most beneficial quarterback for Conklin. Yeah. I mean then I would change my quarterback. Team. Yeah. That's who was throwing the ball in weeks one through three when he was the tight end four. So I think, yeah, that's obviously going to depend on who's starting this week. If it's Zach Wilson again, yes, he's outside my top 20. But if it is Joe Flacco, that does give me hope. And he would probably be inside my uh, top 15 if that ends up being the case. But if it's Joe Flacco, like, why would that, you know, they've Salah has said Zach Wilson's our guy. We're going to kind of let him learn on the job, and, mm-hmm. you know, for better or worse. So, if they went back to Flacco, that would go against everything he's, he, he is saying. I think Mike White would be the obvious choice because he actually mm-hmm. has played well for the Jets and he's not Joe Flacco. So that, right. that's kind of why I'm, I don't see a, like, I take your point. I would bump him up if Flacco played, but I don't see a super high likelihood of, of it being Flacco. Maybe Flacco's elevated to backup and, and, uh, and White's the starter, but I, I just can't see them going back to him, uh, even as bad as Wilson has been. All right. Uh, what are we doing for the prop? Well, let's uh, do a Taysom Hill prop. Again, total passing, rushing, and receiving yards against the Niners this week. Um, there's no teams on a bye this week, so I have, I'm right around that tight end 12 range, which yep. seems low. But uh, um, No, he's, we're high on him. Uh, he's, oh, uh, really? He's consensus tight end. I had to scroll down. That's why I'm stuttering. Oh, that's ridiculous. He's tight end 28 in consensus. Oh, what the hell? That, that has to be a bug. Uh, but so total yards. Passing, rushing, and receiving over under 56 and a half. Ooh, that is a good, good line. I, I'm, I'm, cal- I'm, I'm giving it up right now. <laughs> I, I just know that off the top of my head, that is a very good line now. You said 56 and a half? 56 and a half. Yep. Yeah, I'll go under. I have them around 53. Um, So a little bit under there. You know, it's even though he's his route participation rate has increased into the mid 30s. He's still not often getting targeted, mm-hmm. you know, so can't really project them more for more than a, you know, a half a catch to a catch. And then this Niner defense is you know, obviously tougher, you know, t- one of the toughest in the league. And I think he's been a little bit more effective just in terms of, you know, what they've been able to do with his packages when they are in positive game scripts. So mm-hmm. if the Niners kind of, if it gets away from them, kind of like it did with the Cardinals against the Niners, that's when it's it's tough to kind of be, you know, jogging Taysom Hill in there on first or second down. And then Dalton's yeah. coming back. It's like, nah, you just got to get points, get, get Dalton in a rhythm. So 
Um, yeah, I think there are some concerns, but I agree. I, we are we are both way higher than consensus on on Taysom. So in what's an ugly week for tight ends? Again, I'd say go with upside. You know, go with the touchdown upside of a guy yeah. like Knox. Go with the, the touchdown upside of a guy like Hill. And uh, and let the chips fall where they may, because there's going to be a lot of these guys that can get you, you know, two to four catches for 30 to 50 yards that just don't have a good shot of getting in the end. Yeah. All right. That is going to wrap it up for our week 12 NFL player projections episode of the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. For more great fantasy content from Sean and I, check out our full fantasy preview episode over on the Fantasy Flex podcast channel. And if you're into betting, be sure to check my weekly betting preview episode with Stucky, which will be out a little bit early this week uh, for Thanksgiving. ActionNetwork.com for all of our player projections and rankings and betting and fantasy content as well. FantasyLabs.com for our DFS tools and models. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon, and you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Have a happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Until next time, let's get this money. Happy Thanksgiving, gamblers. We're thankful for you. 